Three years ago, I began sharing information on bug-out bags and preparedness with you, our listeners. So it's highly ironic that it was September, Preparedness Month. It was on the 8th, and I was preparing a podcast, and the Alameda Fire came knocking at our door. When that fire hit, all of those plans and ideas were put to the test. Hi everybody, I'm Bill Bateman, part of the team here at Refuse to Be a Victim Personal Protection Training. This is a very special episode of Survival Beyond the Bug Out Bag, preparing for disaster. And instead of reviewing products and giving general information, I want to look at what worked when I had to evacuate and share real-time product information. I also have put a couple boards in my silt box because there's a couple things that really irritated me and I'd like to get them off my chest. You see, I live in Talent, Oregon, one of the cities that suffered significant damage and, by the grace of God, I was one of the lucky ones. The flames came within approximately 900 feet of my house and I am truly thankful. There were a lot of those people in town who were not so lucky, and my heart goes out to those people who lost it all. Just this morning I drove past an all-too-familiar scene of a person standing in the debris of what was their home and just looking. I've noticed, too, some persons come up and stand on the sidewalk looking in, as if they're not ready to make those first steps onto the property which means they have to accept what they're seeing. I know that feeling. I stood with my parents as they sifted through the ashes of our family home following the Panorama Fire in November of 81 in San Bernardino. I feel your pain, and I know it sounds trite, but you're in my prayers. Of course, a giant thank you to the firefighters and all of those first responders who did just heroic work. Uh, I think that is uh, appropriate to say. And if you see first responders, take that extra second to say thank you. Also, a big thank you to the communities involved who came together so quickly to open evacuation centers and then support them with donations. There's been a massive impact because of these fires. I mean, obviously, we have houses and residents displaced. Last count was 2,400 structures, uh, homes damaged. That figure is fluctuating, and that's available on Google. The loss of income, both to the business owners, uh, to the community at large, that's going to be significant. Obviously, the families that are displaced the friends we may not see again because they have to move out of the area, and even taking it down to the school level, students who can't go to school, classes that have to be canceled, all of this has a domino-like effect on the income and the emotional stability of a community. I'd like to look at what worked, what didn't, and how to reset for next time. One of the things we talked a lot about was water, Water was very interesting because we were under a boil order here in Talent. You had to boil the water before we use it. And I'm pleased to report that the products that I had been testing, the products I purchased for use when this happened, really did the job. I've listed these products on the page. One of them was Pyronize, which is a water purifier, which is especially good in dealing with bacteria. Now, one of the things you have to realize with any of these treatments is it's not just drop a pill in and then drink it. There needs to be some waiting. There's some direction following. And I'm really glad 
on the package it says to use like a teaspoonful and a quart of water. I'm really happy that I had an actual measuring set of teaspoons in my bag. We'll talk more about specific products as we go, but right now I'd kind of like to take a look at what worked, what worked well, some of the plans and suggestions I made were put to the test. How did that happen? I've talked to a lot of people and we all agree it happened fast. That information that, boy, it's going to come upon you quickly was 100% accurate. And being ready is very important. I'll share some of my personal experiences only because I feel confident in sharing those. I don't want to make suppositions or guess what other people are feeling. I do know that it was a windy day. We all know that was looking a little strange and I was in my kitchen. I'd taken a break from doing actually this program. I was trying to get it prepared. Remembered I was low on gas and one of the things we always talk about is making sure you have at least a half a tank of gas to get out of Dodge. Well I had 78 miles available according to my little indicator and I thought you know this is getting kind of strange. Let's go get some gas. Walked out of the house, locked the door, set the alarm. I had my everyday carry items and I had my get home bag in the car. My go bag, the official bag by the front door, was spread out all over my bed because I was changing it because of the seasonal change we're coming up on. From warmer weather to colder weather, I'm taking some items in, I'm putting some items back. So I walked out the front door with what I was wearing, my everyday carry, and a car bag, started for the gas station, which is not that far away, Talent's a small town. At that moment, when I got to the intersection Rap Road and Talent Avenue, I-5 closed, and every car, truck, motorcycle, SUV, just about anything with wheels, got off the freeway and pulled in to downtown Talent. This caused gridlock of Old Testament proportion. I want to tell you, it took me over an hour to get the four blocks to the gas station. We had double-wide semis with extreme large loads trying to get through downtown. It was not pretty. I was able to get gas, and I was trying to turn around to get home when I was told by law enforcement, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going that way, my friend. Head towards Phoenix up 99. And that was my introduction to the fire. My go bag, all over my bed at home, was going to have to stay right there, hopefully waiting for me, if and when I could come back. I had plans. My girlfriend and I have set up on plan A, plan B, what happens if, where is she, where am I. We found out we could text each other. The phones weren't working. Initially, everybody got on the phone, just as predicted, and all you got was a fast busy. We were able to text each other, and we went to plan A. That sounded pretty good. That meant we were going to her house in Medford, which is at that time out of the fire area, but quickly became a level two and then a level three. So we had to again gather things and go. While we were there, and I salute my girlfriend for this 100%, she was able to secure a motel reservation up in Central Point. We had what we call the Alamo. If things really start getting bad, it was some place we could go 
ride out the storm. Unfortunately, looking at the fire reports, the Alamo was looking like it also was going to be an, a level three. There'd be some evacuations out there, and getting there could be very problematic because it would involve some freeway driving. So we had to go to a plan C, and fortunately, that worked out. We did make, and I recommend this highly, when we booked the motel, when we said, do you have a vacancy? They said, yeah, we have a room. I said, here's the, my girlfriend suggested, give the credit card, and she got the name of the person at the counter. And I'm really glad she did, because when we got there, there was someone standing there beating at the counter saying, I have cash, give me a room right now. We had a paid reservation and they honored it. And I'm very, very pleased to see that that worked out so well. So it was a complete change of thought processes. Everything we thought we were going to do didn't happen, but everything we had planned worked out to help us build the next step. We were able to go to a plan C, a plan D, that type of thing. So things that worked out, well, walking out without my go bag because it was in pieces that wasn't really good but I didn't expect to leave then that has a way of biting you in the backside the car pack was solid we had water we had food we had a med kit and we had a lot of the things we were going to need to take care of ourselves shelter we could had we not gotten a motel and been stuck outside we could build a rudimentary shelter the phones were down the ability to text especially friends and family out of state who were all really quite concerned was quite useful another thing that was really helpful was the fact my girlfriend due to the nature of her job drives a lot all over the county and knows where some of the back routes are we talked about this in a previous podcast an actual map because the phones are going to get wonky an actual map of what's out there is useful and it was important knowing oh you can cut across this road and get to that road and it's the same thing as being on the freeway so that little bit of information was vital also money in my bug out bag and in my car bag I carry a small amount of cash uh, some fives, some tens, some twenties, and the ever-impressive $100 bill. This was useful because once those cell phones started getting goofy, and then there was some actual damage to the lines, as I understand it, you had to pay cash, which is totally not what we've been doing because of the COVID, because all of a sudden, cash is evil. Well, it was important if you were going to do things like buy gas and buy food because the ATMs and card readers at the restaurants, if they had any employees, were working. Some things I'd suggest for next time on the winter stuff or the summer stuff, utensils. We had some mountain house food and fortunately we didn't have to use it. We didn't have any useful utensils. We had a little plastic spoon. I'm going to go to the kitchen cupboard and I'm going to get out some real spoons and I'm going to put it in there. Don't expect what you find in the kits to work perfectly. This goes back to, have you looked at it recently? Is it complete? Fortunately, that's something I do. I'm a little OCD about keeping things together. So I would look at the water purifying packet, the bag containing all of these items, and is there indeed 
the hose? Is there the drops? Do you have the necessary containers to pour it into? Because the best water filtration system on earth isn't going to work if you don't have any place to store the water. I'm not being a smartass here, but I was really taken in by the you should have five ways to start a fire. That was the last thing we needed to be starting any kind of fire anywhere. Although in another situation, in a snow situation, yes, it would have been vital. The alarms went out. In addition to the cell phones, the alarm system I have on my home went out. I'm glad I have a high-quality safe and that it was locked. I keep it locked unless it's actually in use. I'm putting something in, putting something out. For those homes that burned, that's one thing. We had looting in our park. We have had looting in our city and I would not want anything I have in my safe getting into anyone else's hands. So long-term planning, yes, we have everything locked away, and I strongly recommend that. I'm updating from a rural to an urban perspective, I exp and I railed on this many times. Let's not all think we're going to run out to the campgrounds and live in the woods next to a creek. It didn't happen like that. It never was going to happen like that, but I'm glad I got my Silox key, which would allow me to turn water on at a rest stop, for example. They don't have a handle that allows you to turn the water on and off if they have removed the turn-on handle. Some things I had forgotten about, but boy, it came back to me with a vengeance. It took us four days to get back into my home. The refrigerator and freezer were a disaster. Now, I'm told insurance companies, some insurance companies, will pay you for your loss. Good luck with that. It's really important you get that stuff cleaned out. And yes, bleach water. Don't just take a paper towel and dab that stuff out of there and call it good. Yes, you're going to want some baking soda, but you're also going to want to put a little bleach in the water. That's nasty stuff. Not only will it stink, it can impact the food you re-add to the freezer once it comes up. So we spent a lot of time and a lot of tears watching all those Costco steaks go into the dumpster. It was not good. One thing I found really fascinating, we've had a lot of discussions over solar versus battery versus generator. It was interesting. We used our solar charge panel to keep our battery packs fully charged. We used the batteries from the store, the EverReady. The regular batteries were used first. Then we were recharging the rechargeables. We kept a device on a charger whenever possible. We kept the charger out when we could. We kept something recharging from the car whenever we could. That means the phone, that means lights, that means anything that you're going to be using that needs electrical power. It's amazing to realize how addicted we are to technology. And as I mentioned earlier, a map was useful because when the phone was low on power or the signal was not available, jumping onto your phone and using it as a navigating device didn't happen. So these are just some random observations of things that really stood out to me. I know 
the psychological impact of this for both myself, my girlfriend, and for everyone out there who took part in this, it's going to be months before the the rattling around in the back of your head finally stops, and I'm sure there will be some PTSD-like experiences from this. I urge you, keep an eye on each other, be kind to each other, be aware that there could be something happening. This is like an infection that you get when you cut your hand and don't deal with it. This upset, this anger, this rage, this fear, all of these things are going to be a real part of our lives for months to come. And please, be kind to each other, if if nothing else. One thing that really upsets me, and I have to admit, I'm pretty pissed off about this, the lack of news. Radio stations didn't seem to have cut-ins, updates, information. I'm sure there were some in the area that did. Please educate me. I don't want to paint everyone with one brush, but by golly, I did not hear any on any of the stations I normally listen to, and I listened to like six or seven. At no time did anyone come on, and I was in the car a lot listening, with information. This is criminal. The airways come to the radio stations with an obligation to inform the public. I'm also pretty salty when it comes to what I saw on television, which was a lot of feel-good or a lot of just general. Could somebody please get a decent map? This thing from a 15,000 feet showing where the fire started, like you're initially in Google, was pointedly ridiculous. I do not see any coverage that I would applaud or salute. It's your responsibility, boys and girls. If you're going to say, hi, this is us, we do news, then do the damn news. I mean, I really hate to be the guy to have to say this, but the YouTube coverage provided by local residents was far superior as far as actual information that could be utilized in an emergency than our paid, quote, professional, close quote, broadcast networks. Shame on you. I'm sorry, I was a journalist. I was in fires. I covered fires. I have have done all kinds of things on location. Now, all you need is a cell phone, and you can get information. You can call the fire centers. They usually have an information and helpline set up. I'm sorry, did not make the grade. I should not have to go searching for good information in a disaster scene. It's your responsibilities. Cowboy the heck up or go to cartoons. All right. I had to say that. It was really bothering me. Maybe I'll sleep a little better. Things we should be aware of in the months to come. Because we are in a disaster area, I am now getting more robocalls than ever before. Some are sincere outreach. My insurance company called, for example. Are you okay? I thought that was very nice. But we're still seeing the scams. Oh, give us your information and we'll get you started on your FEMA loan. You probably don't want to respond to that one. You're looking a lot of information that's not good. And speaking of information that's not good, I know it's a tense political year. I'm not going down that road other than to say both parties are claiming the other side set the fires. Now stop and think about that. Be very careful what you believe. There is so much upset, so much anger, so much rage. Don't be a chump on top of everything else. 
Find out for yourself. Watch, get information from law enforcement uh, as to what actually happened. Anybody trying to capitalize on this for money, for political gain, for emotional manipulation, I'm sorry, I have no use for you. Turn off the broadcast, go listen to Sesame Street or whatever you need to listen to. You're not a part of my world. Going to be a lot of time rebuilding. It's going to be a lot of time getting back to normal. Tensions are still very high. We've had several high fire danger alerts since this happened. Costs are going to go up, and I'm not talking about gouging. I'm talking about all the wood burned up so in many lumberyards, so they're going to have to get more. Costs have almost doubled. So these are all the different things that kind of came to the forefront. I'm hoping if you were caught in the crosshairs, you were fortunate enough not to be burned, but you ended up with not what you needed. I hope these podcasts will now be of use to help you get started. Having those five-gallon cans of water in a boil order situation, having water purification to supplement those five-gallon cans, all of those things proved very, very valuable. And the idea, and I've heard this in prepping, two is one and one is none. I can't tell you, riddling through the trunk under pressure trying to find the water treatment pack, that's why I have several. I have one at home. I have one in the car. Actually, in the car, I have three methods of water treatment. That little straw, I have a bigger, more serious processor, and then I have some of the purinized water drops. All of these things. Not, gee, Bill, you're so neat. Why can't we all be more like you? Please don't aspire to that. Look at the family around you. Look at the reasons you're going to want to make these changes or make this now part of your life. Having been through this, I saw many people standing there with a large plastic bag in their hands, looking like they were a homeless person, and that's that's all they got out with. Anything you can do in that situation, be it a granola bar in your backpack, something, anything to help stabilize and help the family be more normal is very useful. I had the CD, not the CD, I had the USB drive with pictures and information on it. So if I was coming back here and finding nothing, I'd still have the insurance information, the passport information, the banking information, all carried on something literally the size of my thumb. I hope you survived. If you're one of the people who didn't, lost your home or lost property, your business, I've addressed that. Let's support our local community members and let's stay strong. Enough on the fire. There'll never be enough on the fire, but enough on the fire. Let's take a look at uh, what's happening in classes. It is worth pointing out that yes the range was closed for a time during the fire the feeling was that if an errant spark or somebody used the wrong kind of ammunition and caused a fire at the range it would be pulling valuable resources away from our community we're not going to do that that's not what we are not about that at all so the range was closed it is yes reopen Opens at 8 a.m. in the morning, closing about 6, 6.30. You can check on the sign, closes at sunset. 
we still have classes. The classes are back. In fact, the concealed carry classes for October, as I understand it, are sold out. We do have a concealed carry class coming out November 14th and again on the 21st. And we have a defensive scenario training happening at the end of this month, the end of October, on the 24th. Check the website. We're seeing, because hunting season is starting a lot of people going out getting ready for hunting season, but I'm really pleased to see more families coming out. Mom, dad, older kids coming out and getting familiar with firearms. We're here to help you with that. You're dealing with a very serious tool and we are happy to provide at the range just some basic instruction. There are classes for pistol basics, gun cleaning. All of these things are available to you and I recommend it strongly. Okay, hope to see you at the range soon. I hope things went well for you and if not, I'm really proud of the way folks are reaching out to help each other. Be safe, be careful, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you.